Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We caught up with Ron Clayton today. He's the president and CEO of 1911 Gold Corp. Uh, they are a 25 million market cap company with a 1,300 ton per day mill. Uh, tailings, which is uh, covering all of their OPEX and GNA. Um, we've also talked about their expiration program and how they hope to finance this without dilating their shareholders. So if you want our thoughts and opinions on the conversation, the, the topic discussed, the company itself, you can find that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club, where you can also find detailed company reports and analysis. There's commentary from experts from around the world on a variety of companies and commodities, including gold. Uh, we also have training courses on there to help you with your diligence process. We've also got summaries of other interviews that we've done. In fact, all the interviews that we've done just to save you some time because we know you're busy people. And if you want to join a thriving community of investors sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other in a nice, friendly and safe environment, free from judgment, trolling and abuse, you can join them at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. I know you'll love it. Ron, how are you doing, sir? I'm good. How are you today? Not too bad. Not too bad. Good. Just had a wonderful Easter weekend, revived, energized, raring to go. What about you? Yeah, same. Good weather here in Reno, and yeah, it's uh, it's good to be alive. Reno, Nevada. What's what's that Reno, famous for? Uh, it's the biggest little city in America. Biggest Casinos, little city. Ah, Lake Tahoe. That's it. Like you know, Lake Tahoe. We've got a lot of outdoor stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a nice place to live. I had a buddy who had a place on Lake Tahoe. He's English, and he decided it was the most beautiful place in the world. He needed to buy a house there. Incredible. It's gorgeous. Be. Yeah, it must be. Yeah, it is. Yeah, very clear water uh, up in the mountains. It's just, it's, and it's 20 minutes away from my house. There you go. Okay, brilliant. Okay, well, that's that's enough from uh, the the Tahoe Tourism Board announcement. But I'm moving to talk about your new venture. I say new venture, you've been, you've been at it a couple of years now. Um, you're going to tell us about. Um, your company. When you kick off, give us a one minute overview of the project and what you're planning to do. And I will pick it up from there. Yeah. 1911 Gold is uh, the, the basically we've got a land package that's the Western extension of the Red Lake Greenstone Belt. Very underexplored because of the historic uh, fractured land package. Uh, we've got a super uh, exploration geologist who's got over 17 years of experience in this district. And, and the land package is very underexplored. So it's a exploration company with a fantastic land package, huge opportunity to find new deposits. We also have operating infrastructure in place. Um, so the ability, once we have a discovery to get back into production here is very quick and very cheap. That's the bottom line for the story. Okay, I'm, I'm intrigued because it's a 25 million market cap but the infrastructure we're talking about is, is significant. Um, so I'm, I want to talk about that in a second, but st let's start off with you, okay? You come out of retirement to do this. You were running uh, Tahoe Resources, retired. Correct. Should have been up by yeah. the lake, but you decided, no, this looks too good. <laughs> or playing golf, and that, that's exactly right. I, I uh, agreed to join the board. Uh, about six months after I retired from Tahoe and I got extremely intrigued by this land package. And what I see is a huge ability to create tremendous shareholder value, not because of what I've already talked about in terms of, of the exploration potential here and, and the infrastructure already being in place, 
but we can also raise money for exploration at a real premium through the Canadian flow through program. And what that really means is we can raise uh, money at 1.6 times, or we have in our two financings at 1.6 times our current stock price um, to get a tax premium for the people who want that, that tax premium. That helps us keep that share count way down, which is something I'm hugely keen on here. I get that right. Just just before we move on, to, you know, secretly into the project, I'm saying, give me a sense of how your experience in terms of why it's relevant here. So, what happened at Tahoe or before, which has given the the relevant experience or the plan of to how to approach this? Right, opportunities to finance outside of Canada. Uh, you don't get that kind of premium. You you basically typically take a slight discount to your share price when you go out and raise money for exploration or or anything else. In the case of Canada, you actually there's a tax incentive built into the law that allows you to raise money at a at a huge premium to your share price, and it gets the the people who buy that premium uh, basically are getting a tax incentive. I get that. I'm interested in you though. I get it. all companies get flow through money or can apply for it. And, and if they get it, it's great news. What were you doing at Tahoe, which worked? What were you doing before that, which worked? Oh, I, and what's it yeah. going to do for you here? Yeah, well, Tahoe is, a, is, a, is somewhat of a similar story in that we IPO'd on, on an exploration property in Guatemala. Uh, you know, we took that property from 250 million, 300 million ounces of silver up to 500 million ounces of silver, built permitted, got it operating in less than three years, and it was the single largest primary producer of silver in the world in its first year of production. So we can do those same kinds of things here in terms of fast timeline to production, which really minimizes the amount of capital you got to put in, right? Why do you say that? You create a market cap, but that's much larger than you would if you had to build this stuff, right? And in the time that it takes to build it typically as a lag time when investors are not very interested in your in your share price because it typically doesn't go up during that time. We were able to keep the stock price going up in Tahoe because we were able to keep the excitement up and we minimized that time of construction. But it was also so down it, to timing, a, wasn't it? Yes. Right. We were on on budget, on schedule, and that's a motto of mine. I mean, in in the trick to doing that is just to putting together a very good plan, understand your ore body, and then put together a great plan. But did you time the market it. right, Ron? I'm trying to say, were you time, did you get lucky as well? Well, you know, that's a, that's a little bit difficult because you get, it's, time, it's tough to time the market. You get these things when you get them, right? In, in that particular case, we, we were in a rising market, right? But we also did a couple of other acquisitions that I think were very good for the company, uh, over the course of our time that were not necessarily timed great, but they worked out very well in the end. Right, okay. Precious metal market has come off recently, but gen general trend is up way better than it was 12 months ago anyway. Um, what's the model now? What do you, what do you, again, are you taking learnings from before? What is it that you're setting out to build here? Maybe you want to talk about yeah. some of the moving parts, which you've already touched yeah, on. Yeah, re really the key now is for us to uh, find a new ore body. And we've done two, uh, completed two drilling programs, the winter of 2018-19, and then just completed one this winter. We are focusing in on a couple of specific targets now. 
based on results of the, those drill programs. The first 28 holes we drilled, 27 of those holes hit gold and, and all 28 of them hit the structure we were looking for. In these kinds of deposits, it's all about structure. Um, the second round of drilling was almost as good. Uh, and we still have uh, about 26 out of the 49 holes that we're waiting for assays, expect to get those sometime in the next month or so. Um, and those are our very, the very best holes we drilled at the very best targets. So we're pretty excited about what's coming up here in the next month in terms of news. So what, so what structure are you after? It's, it's the, the, well, in Tenney, we're actually looking at a, uh, a couple of structures that are intersecting a porphyry body in, the, in, the, in a big regional fold nose. So it, this is exactly the geology you're looking for that creates things like Sigma Lamac, which is a 10 million ounce deposit in, in Quebec. I mean, it's, it's almost the identical geologic setting to that, that mine. Calgary in Australia is a very similar geologic setting and that's 60 million ounces worth of gold. I'm not saying that we're, we're onto a 60 million ounce deposit, but we are definitely uh, homing in on the kinds of things that can create those very large scale deposits, which, you know, take that $24 million market cap with a, a discovery hole or two, you know, to hundred million. So that's the kind of opportunity that I think we have here. But, but let's, let's not make this a spreadsheet exercise of what could be. T tell me precisely, what, what is it that you're doing that's going to create that because, you know, I, I guess we're going to talk about the infrastructure component uh, in a second. We're going to talk about your exploration, but in terms of this structure thing, you, what did you know before? How has it informed the way that you're tackling it? And you yeah. 27 out of 28 holes hitting gold. you got to be pleased, but. Yeah, we are. And, and frankly, what that's telling us is, is the model we put together is working quite well. So this is, you know, basically this is one of the things I really like about Scott Anderson. He's a very scientific based uh, exploration geologist, and he's a structural geologist. So we took, we, we basically got all of the data that was available from the other land packages. We filled in the holes of that data with Landsat, um, you know, all, all kinds of mag stuff and those kinds of things, which built the model for us, right? Helped us build a picture so that we could then take the drill hole. And, well, the, the next step of that is actually to get out in the field and map these structures, find them on the ground, which has really never been done in this district. Uh, Scott's probably mapped more of this district than anybody else in the world. And, and then that helps us home in on those targets so that every one of those drill holes was hitting the things that we think, the structures, the folds, the, the different lithologies or rock types intersecting each other that create the traps for the gold. And so that's what we've learned is, is we that model is working quite well. Uh, and we've been able to home it in now with the drilling that we've done. Uh, and with that, it, it means we're, we're getting closer to finding that that trap. Right. So this is obviously, you talk, I think you said so your, um, your marketing material, you talk about being sort of a, a red lake belt type, greenstone belt type uh, structure, and you feel that you're on that. And, th and, th and that gives us some clues as to sorts of the grades that we, we could be thinking about here. So what can you tell us today about what you know, about what you've got? Well, again, we've got a couple of really good targets that look very much like the early days of a Sigma Lamac or, uh, you know, a Red Lake mine 
those kinds of things. It's it, we're hitting the same structures. We're hitting the same kinds of, of uh, you know, one of the things that's really important in, in these types of deposits is uh, a, a physically uh, difference between two set, sets of rocks that are buttoned up against each other. One's more pliable, one's harder and more ductile. And that tends to create fractures when these faults and folds are happening that create the areas where the deposits are. We're seeing those kinds of things. The other thing is, is we're, you know, it's smarter and more cost effective to drill these things relatively shallow, say sub 150 meters to get an idea of the structures and that type of thing. Once you get those, typically these deposits are very short in strike length or along the surface, but have huge depth lengths, right? And so then we're starting now to, to home in on the down dip stuff, the little more expensive drilling. So we want it to be even more targeted. And that's exactly what we're doing right now. So, you know, stay tuned. We have some really good looking core and, you know, hopefully that's going to translate into some great assays. Okay. Well, let's, let's maybe come back to that. I want to deal with some of the outlier uh, components so we can sort of park them up and understand how they contribute to the, the business plan. Cause I, I'm, I'm just fascinated by how you keep a tight corporate structure. That's one thing you said is important to you, as is Absolutely. getting, you know, doing this quickly. That's important to you. So let's talk about the couple of outlier things. So one, you got revenue. Tell us about that. Yeah. So we're reprocessing uh, tailings that were mined historically here. Uh, those that's generating enough cash has generated enough cash over the last four years to basically pay for all of our corporate GNA, so all of our wages, and uh, you know, and the small overhead costs that we have, plus the holding costs on the rest of the property. And so we don't have to raise any uh, hard dollars or dollars that are not raised at a premium uh, to support the the company. So that that's. So we're not we're keeping the share count way down by raising only expiration capital in the flow through that's done at a premium. That's okay. what you were getting at earlier. So I was I was just trying to that's understand why I, you were so excited about that one. It's because the, the the tailings component is allowing you to kind of net everything off your own version yes. of uh, version of net zero, net zero finance before you then raise our flow through money to put in the grant. Understood. Right. Got it. Right. Why the flow through money has to go into the expiration. Absolutely. Program. You can't use it for anything else. Absolutely. So why are you processing the tailings so slowly? Couldn't you ramp your way up uh, through that? Uh, well, we, we actually have, have hit the capacity of the mill pretty steadily. So that that's our limitation is that's that the mill's a 1300 ton a day mill. Now we are, actually putting a little bit of capital into play here uh, as we speak to try to bump that up, you know, a, a couple hundred tons a day, which will will help with that. Like 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 what, an ore sorter or how do you do that? No, it's it's actually a big screen. Um, you know, we're just screening the trash out and, and being able to break up the clumps, uh, which will help it go through. It should be drier by the time we get it to the mill, which is one of the limitations on trying to get it through the mill. Interesting, interesting. And, and talking of the mill, that's part of your infrastructure, which you picked up along the way too. So it's a 1300 day per ton mill. That's yeah, a good start. In, yeah, and it's in great shape. We uh, we actually put a little capital into it in the last couple of years, uh, particularly for the gravity circuit, which is key in these kinds of deposits because you typically get some coarse gold. Uh, in fact, 30% of the recovery we get off the tailings is, is on the gravity circuit is coarse gold. So um, that's key, but the rest of the mill is in good shape. The, the crushing circuit probably would need a little bit of capital, but not much. 
so, and, and Matt, that's really one of the key things to this story is, A, we got to have a discovery. That's the most important part. That's the first piece. But once that's done, you've got the mill there that's ready to go. We've got a fully operational camp that's ready to go. We've got infrastructure and power and roads uh, and the power is cheap hydropower. So it's almost a perfect setup for minimizing the amount of time and cost to get back into production and generating cash flow. It's, so it's interesting, actually. So the, the infrastructure, along with the tailings, is is funding the the exploration. Uh, sorry, is is funding the GNA component. You will keep doing that until the point where you can you've got a discovery and you can actually start mining hard grade. Uh, yeah, we ore, right. We yeah, we have about three to four three to four years more of of tailing. So we we've, we've got some time here to hit that discovery and get on with it. Right. And I think the thing people need to understand is just the the you are going to be able to keep a tight corporate structure as a result. That's the it's going to be cheap that's it. I mean, all in the right. ground. I mean, typically when you when you let's let's just say you have a million ounce or a two million ounce deposit discovery here when you don't have this infrastructure, you're talking about you know five to six years or more to get it permitted and and built and and you know in excess of five hundred million dollars of capital, right? Whereas most of that stuff is already in place, so those th- those numbers can be very much minimized. They, you know, it's too early to say exactly what they are, but they won't be anywhere near um, what it takes to do do this from scratch. So you raised five point two million bucks back in July. Have you raised Correct. anything more recently? Or are you going to? We haven't raised anything since that uh, July raise. Uh, certainly, there's a point in time when we'll need to to retop up the exploration program, but that that would be it. it just uh, some more charity flow through. So, but in October, you announced a eighteen thousand meter drill program. Is that that's not with the five point two you raised, is it? Yeah, it is. Wow. Yeah, it it, it, it uh, that that funded quite a uh, that well, it funded all of that program plus some some extra. Yeah, absolutely. Our drilling costs are very low. Um, and, and part of that is because of the infrastructure in the district. I mean, there's roads all over the place. It's, it's easy to get in and out. We don't have to do any helicopter supported. Although if we do decide to drill year round, that will change. Cause you know, this is, this is an area that's very wet and boggy and that kind of thing. And that's why winter drilling is actually easier and cheaper. But, um, if we're onto something, uh, we're not going to take a, a summer holiday because it's wet and boggy. We'll do some helicopter supported drilling. Okay, so you're waiting to obviously get some more. You've talked about assay results coming in. Uh, when, when can we expect to see those assay results? You know, finally come in. When will you know? Everything? Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm expecting to put out probably three press releases between now and the in the middle of May, and okay. that'll be the rest of those results. Okay. Right. And what do what do you do? What does the business do between now and then? So we're waiting around for these assay results. Oh, we we you know we're analyzing the stuff. We're upgrading our models with all the work we've done with the drilling all of our core is oriented core what that really means is is that we can refine the models we can really understand which way the structures are dipping which way they're turning you know and that those are hugely important to finding deposits because that's where you find it is where there's flexors in these structures uh, or crossing structures so being able to model those is real key and having that oriented core makes this model much more accurate so we're just, you know, we're in the process of tightening up that model. We're getting ready to get people back out in the field and look at some other targets because there's really a pipeline of projects that we're we're building here. 
So, you know, there we, we've got other things that we're wanting to look at for the next phase of, of ore bodies. And, but, but we're laser focused on a couple of places that we've had some good success. So why don't people get this story? Um, yeah, Matt, that's a great question. I, I'm not sure I, I totally understand it. I can tell you that historically there were some, some, you know, bad operations and things like that in this district, bad operators. Uh, so some people did get, get burned, but I can tell you most of the time when we talk to those folks, uh, and get them across the idea that we're, this is an exploration play, not trying to open up the old mine. They generally start to like the story and like the idea. But I, I also think in this market, there's a lot of people out there that are taking a wait and see attitude. They want to see that first, you know, bang, big, you know, clear discovery hole before they jump in, particularly the institutional guys. So that's great, but you're going to miss out on on some opportunity here if you wait too long. Okay, and for people who don't know the the, the district, uh, Greenstone Belt typically looks like what? what? What what type of ore body are you after? What what are the sorts of results yeah, these you expect are, to the, see? Yeah, these are typically underground, uh, narrow vein kind of deposits. Uh, but when I say narrow vein, I mean they can run in you know anywhere from three to to fifteen meters in width. So it's not like, you know, they're tiny, but typically this stuff you see in Red Lake is in that three to 12 meter range. Um, they're very uh, proliferant down dip or, or deep. Uh, typically some of these structures can go as much as two kilometers deep. Um, typically short along strike lengths, um, 750 meters is, is not an unusual kind of number to give you a feel for it. Uh, but they're typically pretty damn high grade. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just, just trying to think. Um, so, who would you compare yourself to? I guess if you know, if you name Spring to mind. Well, uh, you know, I mentioned once before that the Tenney project we think is a lookalike for Sigma Lamac, which has been a proliferant mine that's built. You know, had uh, uh, 10 million ounces of, of gold discovered. So, I mean, that's that's one. Um, the Rice Lake mine in in our, on our property produced two million ounces. Uh, and there's, you know, roughly another million in resource there. Um, you know, there, the, the Badu project is a dead ringer for that geologically. So, you know, it's, it's those kinds of things. And there was some period of time where the Rice Lake mine made some real significant money. So those are both really good. I mean, to aspire to be like either one of those two mines, would be great. So if I, if I was to buy a mill, in the district, what would, what would I be looking to pay secondhand? If you bought our mill in place, wow. Um, if you bought it in place and we're going to leave it in place, I would suspect a couple hundred million bucks. Um, you know, if you took it apart and salvaged it, I don't know, maybe 50. But to rebuild it, to rebuild the infrastructure that we have that is operational you're talking about something in excess of 400 million bucks. Right, okay. Now, just I was always intrigued by that, that, that component of it. The, uh, the discount is, is, is vast. Um, can I just, again, I want to come back to this model thing because I just, I just totally need to understand what, what's going on in your head. You, you've got a sense of what you've got here. You didn't come out of retirement for nothing. You, <laughs> you've, You've got to have a view about how you tackle this. If I speak to geos, they they know within the first few months how they would probably play things out. Okay, so 
is this one of these cases I'll just build up the answers in the ground and that you know and that that's the way forward here someone will take us out is this a actually do you know what we've kind of we've got our mill we'll get into some kind of early production doesn't we don't need a lot of answers in the ground to kind of get things going we've seen that model work elsewhere in the world I mean yeah. what's in your head yeah so that Matt that's really what I'm planning for and what we're we're working on is is that you know, we once we get that discovery hold, then we're gonna we're actually gonna take a two-track uh, plan with our exploration program. One will be to, to let Scott go ahead and continue to develop those that pipeline of projects, and at the same time, we'll start tight tight space drilling. You know, at Badu or Tinney, with the idea in mind that we're gonna start the permitting process. You know, get the baseline data, so it, it, we'll start the whole process of leading up to. How do you get this mine permitted and, and built once you, you get it outlined and understand what it is? We don't need a lot of ounces to get started, particularly if we think we're onto one of these things that goes to the, you know, to the depths. Um, and so that's that would be kind of the way we would we would go after it. But I'll also tell you that at the end of the day, what this is about is creating shareholder value. So if somebody wants to come in and give us an enormous amount of dollars for for a part of the property or all of the property. We'll entertain those kinds of conversations, but we're not going to wait for them. But that, but that's a ways off, right? So the reality is, you've got to take control Correct. of what you you're in control of. Correct. We can be in control. right, and and I absolutely think that's critical here. You cannot just wait and drill and drill and drill and hope somebody pays attention and takes you out. So we will be aggressively headed down the path of trying to put something in production if we think we've got that. Yeah, well, it's it's a model which do, does work for for some, doesn't always mm-hmm. work. But your yours your preference is. To keep a tight capital structure, right. you will be drilling sooner and putting your own ore through your own mill as quickly as possible Correct. to get cash flow. Correct. Right. Okay. Makes sense. Um, well, it's you know it's 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 a way to, it's, it's a way to go for sure. Um, so okay, um, like appreciate your time today. I just wanted to kind of touch base with you and understand the story because saw you attached to it. I thought that was intriguing. Um, low market cap, where it is, is, is interesting to me. And really, it came down to how you're going to approach this thing. Um, you are going to need to raise capital soon um, to get the tight capital structure a bit. But how much, how much would you think you're going to need for the next phase to move this through to wherever you want it to get to? Some of that depends on what we see out of the drill results. If, if uh, you know, if we see what I think we're going to see, then we're looking at wanting to tight space drill at Tinney and Badu in addition to continuing our other exploration program. Um, you know, so so we'll be looking at something similar to uh, what we did uh, the last couple of times, maybe a little more. Um, and some of that, some of it depends on what the capital markets is like. Okay, understood. Well, like um. Appreciate that, Ron. Appreciate the run through. Um, I mean, stay in touch. Let us know how you get on. Certainly, when these assay results come back, I think that, as you say, is a moment for people to go. They've got something, or actually, this is going to take a little bit longer than we thought. So, Great. yeah, pick up the pick up the phone. I'll take your call for sure. Yeah, yeah, I think it's real key. This stuff, you know, stay tuned for the next four to six weeks because we're going to have quite a bit of uh, news, and I hope and believe it's probably going to be good news. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to CruxCast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. 
We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming and we'll speak to you again soon.